ready to talk and to think and like experience something together. Uh, we're gonna share some, a video produced by Brujas with the Seas uh, Bellevue collection. Maybe Ripley could speak on it some more. My name's Aaron. it's also Isaac, either name is fine. Um, this is Ripley, that's Ariana. Over here is Emily, um, and we're all gonna be talking together. I wanna know all y'all's names too. There's Aggie, what's up Aggie? But the first thing we're gonna do is share this video. Do you know why you are here? What do you hope to gain from this evaluation and or counseling? Do you have difficulty falling asleep? Do you find yourself withdrawing from other people, from activities? How about getting out of bed? Jobs can be really helpful. Do you ever have racing thoughts? Tremors. Tremors. Do you ever feel helpless? What do you do to cope? Is that helpful? Ideally, to me, it will all be able to, like, I'm going to be up here kind of vulnerable, and I hope that y'all will get vulnerable, too. And the thing is, I don't want y'all to have to be vulnerable and recorded. Like, I consented to it, but y'all didn't. So, yeah, maybe just, like, briefly community agreements. Like, one of them is, like, be vulnerable, like, bring whatever version of yourself you're comfortable with, like, as, like, deep and sticky as it is. Um, or as, like, just listening as it is, right? Like, move up, move up, ideally, like, speak more if that's something really hard for you, or like listen more if that's something that you're working on. Um, my sister Megan taught me what's said here stays here, but what's learned here leaves here. So rather than like telling other people's stories with their names and all of that, like that's not really legit, that's not really like fair. But like if you did like learn a new way of thinking about something, um, that definitely should leave the room, yeah? Does anybody have questions on that, on these microphones between us? Nah, Ripley, did you want to say more than that? 
Can I say something else about the recording? Okay, so yeah, um, there are some, like Isaac said, there are some mics in the space and there's um, a camera. And I know that that's like not, in different spaces that's like kosher and in other spaces maybe it's not. But right now we're recording because Brujas has a podcast with a, a small press called Mass Magazine. And so we're basically recording the presentation part of this workshop for those purposes. And some of it's going to be used for um, the Public Art Fund podcast that's not going to come out for almost like six months. So just a heads up about where that, just to be transparent about like where the information is going to be circulated. But the idea is to proliferate these ideas, not to like exploit or like fuck anyone over. Um, so just to put that out there, we're not, we're going to be taking the mics off when we do our little breakup groups and none of the stuff in your breakout groups are, is going to be recorded or filmed. Cool. Does anyone have any questions about that? Mask magazine is amazing. <laughs> All right. So the first thing that I wanted to do is like maybe just go down the line and we'll introduce ourselves um, and say why we're here, um, just real quick. And then I want to hear from y'all, like who you are and why you're here. So while we're talking, y'all can be thinking about a response to that. Yeah. Is it cool if I go first? Does somebody else want to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. Go first. All right. Cool. I'll go first. My name is Isaac. Keep it brief. I said brave. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it brief. Oh, my name is Isaac. I also go by Aaron. Um, I'm really happy y'all are here. I met Ari in 2016 at a party in Olympia and started working on this project in May in 2015. Oh, no, the first time I met Ariana, like, was outside a party. And, like, one of the first things I said was, like, that summer I was involuntarily hospitalized for, like, a psychotic episode. Um, and it was just, like, totally fine to say that to this person, and that meant a lot to me. Um, and something that has helped me a lot in, like, thinking about that experience and, like, making meaning out of it has been the kind of theory and, like, practices that you'll see in the literature. Um, and I'm not going to say more on any of that later, uh, but that's me. Hello. Hi, um, my name is Emily. When people ask, like, how did you get into thinking about, like, mental health or radical mental health, whatever that means, what I usually say is the hard way. And that was true for a lot of us who worked on this. You know, I had the experience, like a lot of people, of, you know, having some really hard, really bad things happen to me when I was young and I was pretty angry for a lot of my young life and pretty kind of hated the world and <clears throat> I was really fortunate. One of the ways that I'm connected to Brujas and Ariana and Ripley is that we we shared uh, some really amazing educators and radical educators when we were young people learning how to organize and for me my first psychotic break happened when I was living when I really at a time when I believed that I was part of a group of people, I was part of something larger myself, uh, than myself and that we were engaged in a liberatory struggle to change the world and um, like any kind, any one of those movements, people are human and people are imperfect and things fell apart and my delusions were shattered and when that happened the way it manifested was um, a feeling of like being kind of thrown into a sort of psychic death state when this kind of idea of like a better world I was building kind of collapsed a lot of my old traumas kind of like flooded into my body and I started acting in ways that were very bizarre and scared people, hard, were hard for them to understand and you know we're going to talk a lot later at, or people are going to talk, someone's going to talk a lot later about you know psychiatry as a carceral system and, and it affects people in different ways and, and in a lot of ways I was very protected and you know I had the experience of being in a, in a psych ward rather than a jail but I, I think the fact remains that when people are 
are scared or confused about something, the logic of the of the system in which we live is to is to want to lock something up or get rid of something. So anyway, I don't want to talk too much now, but this when I I was so so proud and like pleased and to be approached to work on this document with Brujas, partly because it took me a very long time. I had the unfortunate, unfortunate family history of having a lot of psychosis in my family. I was put on very, I, I was given some pretty like hardcore diagnosis and it took me a long time until I found some people who kind of shook me out of that way of thinking of myself as just sick and, and, and special forever and someone who was going to have to take these drugs forever. And I was really fortunate to find people that who, whether or not you took drugs or not, you were welcome. And, you know, I think for a lot of people, like, there's that feeling if we, if we survive, if we make it to a certain age of, like, I want to be that person for someone who's younger that I didn't have, or, like, I want to make the thing that I wish I could have read when I needed it that I didn't have, and that was definitely part of what this project was about for me, and, um, you know, I've seen a lot of, like, zines that, about, like, mental health come out recently, and I think it's great, and, but a lot of them focus on, like, self-care strategies, and, you know, will provide things like numbers of hospitals or suicide lines, and while there's a place for that and there's like a resource list in this document, that can also sometimes, sometimes that stuff can come in the form of swallowing a lot of certain like insidious, what I see as like insidious myths perpetrated uh, by the mental health system. And uh, yeah, I'm talking too much, but anyway, that's like how I found this project and like I'm just so grateful to be here, so. Thanks, Emily. Thank you. My name is Agatha. I met Ariana like um, like around 2015 through skateboarding. I was just um, skateboarding at in like my local skate park, and and it's funny because like the day before um, I met Ariana, like I was actually watching a video, and I saw. <laughs> and it was so funny how we just like met like the next day ever since then we've been like just um going to events going to especially the brujas events and um we've been skateboarding together and i would say that my experience with um um mental health is basically that when i was in college i was going through like a lot of insomnia and a lot of like racing thoughts. So like while I was in school, I was I wasn't really able to like really focus because every single night like I would just have these racing thoughts and that just kept on going on for for years since I would say like uh, 2007. Like the first time that I went to the hospital was like around 2008 and that was because like like I was trying to communicate with people, but like it was kind of hard to communicate and people weren't really like taking the chance to actually communicate with me. Like I was just trying to bond with people, but I went away to college and it was just very like different for me. That's, that's kind of like what kind of caused me to like end up having a breakdown basically. It's just the fact that that I was going through a lot and I was trying to communicate and it was like, yeah, it was just very difficult. So I wrote a poem and I wrote a poem that had a lot to do with the different things that I've experienced and how I've grown. So the poem is right here. 
is called Mind Exploration. I speak from the heart. I live from the heart. I live to see my hopes and dreams. There were times I almost lost hope. The pain, the darkness covering the light. Beauty was still around. I just couldn't see because life felt like an unending cycle of a roller coaster ride. Up and down, not knowing how to reside within myself, centered and aligned with life and time. My subconscious mind riddled with beliefs I thought were mine till I found my own interpretation of life and my third eye opened like a ray of sunlight beaming through space and time. Their frames encapsulated in the mind of the universe, you and I alike, actions taken, different aspects of me all around as the world goes round and round, forever in the midst within. If you just believe in what could be, we evolve but all already exist. This is my mind exploration, natural as can be, human, opening, breathing, seeing, hearing, all dimensions of myself. Who would have known I could get lost within myself as the world wonders what's up with that being, a space cadet indeed. I earned my stripes, the stripes of being a mental explorer in this world that is now my own world because I'm my own universe. Thank you so much. Yes. Thank you. And these are other artworks that I did when I was really like struggling and trying to find a balance within myself. Like I like when I was drawing this, I was basically just trying to release my like everything that I that I was feeling. Instead of like holding it in, I, I had to like release it because like if I held it in, it was just like it was too much. So that's that's about it. You're welcome. Okay. Hi. Thank you so much for being here. My name is Ariana. Some people call me the founder of Brew House, but I just, I'm the co-founder, and I've also, I kind of just identify with it as being like, I've been around the longest in this like mystical thing that like keeps going mm -hmm. with the collaborative effort of all the people. So that's really my only like claim to it is just having been around the longest, not necessarily feeling any sort of ownership over it. Seas Bellevue is cool to me. I mean, I guess my approach to the project is having been inspired by my friend here, Ripley, also my friends here, but Ripley particularly in starting to like apply high concepts to clothing collections. They were the first person who approached and said, hey, we should do this merch piece to like raise money for prison solidarity with people. Um, that became 1971. So that was the first ever like Brujas collection and it was masterminded by Ripley and I and designed by two other Brujas affiliates. And it was just really successful and it gave, I think, a lot of like uh, meaning to our work as like um, being positioned, situated within like street culture, um, via skateboarding, having a little bit of merch, being able to like move around on the west coast because of merch, but then you know like clothing is something that <coughs> is really cool, um, that I love, that I was have been a part of like skateboarding and you know this like mecca of like I don't know streetwear 
the LES is where I was born and raised. Um, but yeah, after 1971, we were like, this is cool. This is a formula, like, let's continue it. So after that, we, being also really obsessed with the writings of the philosopher Michel Foucault, took our next major institution on with each one teach one, if people are familiar, was like a, inspired by um, like schools and pedag radical pedagogy that really prepared like a text. And then our third collection we thought would really, really like roundhouse kick out the, the sort of like approach we're taking towards like our clothing design. So we chose the hospital. And my relationship to hospitalization is very similar to that of my peers here that I worked on. Um, I was involuntarily hospitalized during a really interesting moment in my life where I was touring as a musician. But I think it had a lot, I mean, I there's so much I could say about it, but it's not really that important. Just that I'd never been somewhere where I couldn't actually have any like autonomy over my food choices, what was going into my body, where I was sleeping, where I could move. It's a really intense experience and I think that anybody who's been like institutionalized or incarcerated, I don't really know the difference between those things. Mm -hmm. um, but I do respect the like distinction between being in prison and being in psych and I think that that distinction is really often defined by class. Um, but yeah, it's a really intense experience and I think that if I had not uh, experienced that, probably would not have had the inspiration to like really like fuck with Brujas all mm. the way. Yeah. I'm Ripley. I'm very lucky to have these friends up here. Um, I take medication every day. And I don't really know. Like, the idea, the confessional is, like, so fucked up. Like, I totally, like, respect and love people who, like, can tell their story. But I was, I just think that it's, it's also, like, shitty to feel like you have to, like, tell it in order to, like, be a legitimate part of something, so I don't know that I'm going to tell mine, but um, yeah, I'm sick and crazy and disabled, and um, I worked on Seas Bellevue and helped out with the production of this document that we're going to be focusing on. I thought this was such an awesome project because it was like, the one that we did with each, each one teach one was like mostly just me in my room, like collecting like syllabi or whatever, and like putting together like essential questions, but this was like such a example of collective knowledge production and it was hard and it was it wasn't perfect at all but i'm excited to like dig into the text so maybe we should just go for that oh yeah. uh, okay beautiful so much thank you everybody um and i'm sorry for making it quick at the end um but the thing that i was thinking we could move into like we had put spending a little bit of time talking about the history that's in the document but now that the document's in people's hands, I feel good about shifting into a small group discussion. Yeah, so in the document, we have a few different models of mental difference listed. Um, there's the trauma model, the, an indigeneity model, an intersectionality analysis model, a material analysis model. We talk about the Icarus project. We talk about peer support networks. And am I missing any of them? And, and there are a lot more that we didn't have time to like give their due. 
Um, so I want to shift into small groups of four. Yeah. Hey, before we shift into small groups, can we at least talk about the thing that we talked about? Definitely. Yeah. Go ahead. Will okay. You? Well, um, I'll just read aloud the passage that kind of I think really sets the tone for the intention of why we why Emily just Emily really came up came to the project with this idea of breaking down models because it's a very sensitive topic and it's really hard to actually take a position like we're anti-meds or we are for meds or there's like there's just really like polarizing sort of very funny word polarizing ways of talking about this issue and we thought that the most helpful thing would be to create conversations in this format around like all the different ways that you can approach this topic. So I think that, um, and if I can read Emily's passage um, aloud, it just really like so beautifully um, explains the intention behind the models. So, and it also in a very simple way breaks down why we are now for the third collection using discipline and punish as our reference point for like all of our um, like aesthetic work. So like again, we're here like, Pulling aesthetics from the Panopticon, which is like featured in a lot of like the merchandise, which we can like play around with later and style each other and have fun with. Um, but I'll just read this paragraph and then Aaron will talk about these small groups. So Michel Foucault is the theorist who informs our critique of biopsychiatry outside the pro slash anti-binary. For Foucault, any system of knowledge or discourse can only partially evoke the rich and multidimensional complexity of the real world. Every knowledge practice, including scientific ones, plays up aspects of the real world and downplays others. All methods of meaning making through speech and writing, all discursive practices are both enabling and constraining. Aspects of social control and social liberation are present no matter what language of psychic life is used. To understand paradigm shifts, we vigilantly consider the social context of knowledge production and the power dynamics at play. For Foucault, the paradigm shift from psychoanalysis to biopsychiatry and that sort of historical process from this sort of talk therapy uh, like that Sigmund Freud was the father of to this uh, like obsession with biopsychiatry, which is more of the medical model that we talk about. Um, and explain, and all, and all of us have definitely interacted with, which is pretty much like the DSM-5, or sort of manual of statistics and uh, descriptions, stuff like that. So the, uh, the shift, the paradigm shift from psychoanalysis to biopsychiatry is not a straightforward line of linear progress, but a shift in the balance of power. The rise of biopsychiatry has allowed for new truths to emerge, but much of the wisdom of other paradigms of thought is lost, erased, or watered down beyond recognition. What follows is a guide that attempts to reintegrate and center these other models. Thank you. Yeah. Can we pause for like questions on that? Do people have like questions about what that says? Like any words? Are there like, what's that word? Or like mm -hmm. any thoughts that you're like, I've never heard that thought before? Um, yeah, please. I heard so little. Can you explain more about psychiatry? Totally. Um, does somebody else want to jump on that? No. Um, it's not you. Uh, well, also, Emily Allen, I wish she was still here. Oh, I think she's most the expert on it. Yeah. But biopsychiatry, I think, comes from this tradition, this like really well accepted model of thinking about mental difference as a result of a chemical imbalance in the brain. So rather than taking into consideration the context of what's going on around you, 
uh, biopsychiatry addresses the chemical response to the to that context. Does yeah. that make sense? So like when I was in the hospital, they were talking about how my neurons were firing, firing. differently, and like my dopamine was too high, and yeah. my dopamine receptors were too sensitive, and like so they needed to give me a drug that would make my dopamine receptors less sensitive, and would increase. My, I forgot the other one. Serotonin. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, is that it? And it would increase my serotonin. Mm -hmm. it, yeah, yeah. SSRI stands for serotonin mm -hmm. reuptake. Inhibitors, yeah. Amazing. Yo, okay. So biopsychiatry <laughs> has to do with those, like, that, like, brain science. Okay. Right? Um, and so biopsychiatry kind of came around after psychoanalysis. And it's often seen as, like, a triumph of science, like, true science over pseudoscience. And psychoanalysis is what Ariana was talking about with talk therapy, right? So Sigmund Freud wasn't the first one to do this, like to talk to people, right? But he was somebody who like called it one thing. Um, so he called like talking to people psychoanalysis, um, or like listening to people psychoanalysis. And he had a lot of thoughts like beyond that, but at the root of it is like sitting with someone for a long period of time and listening to what they have to say. So that's, and like somebody else was talking about how therapy is really, really useful and can be really, really useful. Right. useful. So does that answer the question? Okay, are there yeah. more questions? There's a really good um, paragraph to you on um, psychiatry and its discontents, uh, mm -hmm. which is actually a uh, Freud reference mm -hmm. that like, really, in a, I think in a helpful way, talks about the rise of biopsychiatry as the dominant model that you would um, interact with upon hospitalization. And I don't know if anyone, it's like funny to sit here and be like, we're trying to balance these models. So many people have said what, exactly what I felt like when I was first introduced to mental illness as a thing. Like, this stuff is really imbalanced in the different models, but it's also like really un under talked about. Like, really, like, everyone has a family member, but it, I just feel like it's not something that young people, until that they're exposed to through a personal interaction with it, are educated or um, in interact with in any capacity. So it's like also this third degree of it just being this underground thing that no one talks about. It's kind of weird. Yeah. yeah. But all, yeah. Did you want to say something? Um, no. I, I was just like um, agreeing because that is true. Like it's not really spoken about that much. It's like people just like see it and they don't do anything about it. Right. Yeah, do you want to say more? No? Okay. Um, yeah, go ahead, Kate. Can you, the sentence to understand the paradigm shifts with people who consider social context of knowledge production and the power dynamics of play, yeah. can you just, like, lean it a little bit? Totally. So that's Just that sentence? Yeah. Oh, I don't have it in front of me, but that's Foucault, right? Foucault is saying that knowledge is not, like, knowledge exactly. Like, I don't, like, tell you... It's like, you, and also I know you, so I know you know this stuff inherently, right? So like, knowledge would be like, the sky is blue, right? And now it's blue, right? But the, like, if I'm the one making that claim, then I have a certain amount of power to make that claim, right? And if you're gonna believe me making that claim, then that, like, deposits the power in me. And if I'm, like, not your sister or someone you love or someone you respect and I'm making that claim, then that claim isn't knowledge. It's something else. Is that relevant? I or think close that's helpful. Flow? I definitely think. Will you say more? It's also like discourse, um, like a concept of discourse. Uh, academic journals, media blogs, like everything, this conversation, what we're producing right now is discourse. And I think that um, 
particularly that sentence is talking about again how discourse like certain discourses have more power and that's definitely through a social context um, and I think that social context has a lot to do with I think we could bring it to you know we can talk about race gender in class and ability and positionality we can also talk about um, you know colonialism as a social context but uh, particularly interested in the social context of like re whatever is like re heshing like re-establishing like this norm um this status quo this um empire mm -hmm. yeah i don't more questions on psychiatry and discontent or what goes on about I mean, there are, I will, like, I have more, but maybe we can move, yeah? Okay, um, so, my, since everybody has the document, my thought is for everybody to get in a group of four people, with at least two people who you don't know, right? Like, you can bring one person who you know already, but try to meet two new people, and we'll get into small groups of four, look at the different models of mental difference in these small groups for 15 minutes, talk about which models are relevant to you, which models feel important to you, which models are totally new. Oh, and if you have like different models of thinking about mental difference that are useful to you, bring those into the conversation. And then after that 15 minute talk, hopefully we'll have some things to bring back. Yeah? Yeah, and in the beginning of each model, there's um, quotes and italics, which can be pretty great ways to start like just digesting what they actually mean. If yeah. that makes sense. Like, there's a lot of writing I don't think we can get through in 15 minutes, but the trauma model, our feelings are the most genuine path to knowledge by Audre Lorde. Like, that's a good introduction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. so everybody feels good to get up and move. I'm gonna time it for 15 minutes. Groups of four, you can use the whole space. We're gonna come back together at 5.30. Yeah? Cool. Cool. Within the breakout groups, people met one another to digest and discuss these models, bringing back many insightful conversations to the larger group. I think this conversation is going in such a good direction. We aligned ourselves as a collective with the material analysis model. And ultimately, I just think that it's just really hard to talk about also like this idea that like being poor puts you at proximity to illness in a way that's like really unique but also just so across the board obvious like and then getting care is also like impossibly expensive and impossibly difficult to navigate so it's almost like there's obviously something like deeply deeply wrong with capitalism poor people within it are experiencing illness, are the majority of the people living on earth are poor. Those that are sick are majority poor, although it does, mental illness of course like transcends all identity. But like, this is like really at the core of what Brujas wants to talk about as like a collective in terms of like where, how is like our, our access to resources and like like literal material resources affecting our health and, and our access to healthcare.
So we made these amazing clothes as part of like a gesture to like, this took so much work by so many different people. So we made these amazing clothes. And if there are any people who would feel particularly empowered by reinventing the hospital gown with, with us, um, in an in a act of collective and uh, styling. Um, we brought our gowns, and if anybody wanted to try them on, if somebody wanted to style their friend in one, and we could like look at them uh, together on volunteers, and just like, appreciate and tell that person who feels sliping styled as a person who's part of a sick world, as somebody who is a sick person or not a sick person or identifies with sick people, I think it would be really powerful. It would be really fun. And as our like closing activity as a group, and there's like they're really cool. Um, they have like all these different parts that you can attach to them, that you can deconstruct them. So yeah, so you and there's also some stuff over there that you guys can fe feel free to style as well. But yeah, that's a totally open invitation. And as we do that together, you guys can talk amongst each other, plan to meet up how we're gonna do the next thing. Um, and yeah, and, and leave if you guys wanna get out. <laughs> yeah. This is Mask FM. Mask FM.